If you buy and sell vehicles for a profit or you want to, you're in the right place. This is the Flipping Genius Podcast. Our number one goal is to help our listeners make more money. Every episode, we share information, ideas, and experiences of real-life car flippers. I'm Randy Lee. I'm the host of Flipping Genius. I've flipped cars most of my life. For over a dozen years now, I've been a licensed dealer. I am working to build the best podcast about successfully flipping cars for a consistent profit. Let's get to it, flippers. You're you're in uh, you're in Utah. Yeah, Southern Utah. I'm right north of Vegas, so like, um, it's it's a little town. It's called Santa Clara, Utah. I'm like for maybe actually it's probably like an hour and fifteen minutes north of Vegas. Now that I think about it, but it's just like three exits up, right? When you get into Utah, um, that's where that's where I've been for the past three years. Uh-huh. Huh. How old are you? I'm twenty. Yeah, you look you look pretty young. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I look. I get that a lot. Yeah, I'm only I'm 20. I'm about to turn 21 though. Oh, that's then that then you'll be old. <laughs> yep. No, I mean that I'm pretty sure that's like finally when I'm actually old. So, yeah. I, I didn't know what you said. Let me. Uh, I said I'm I'm just excited because I'm gonna be a you know a real adult once I'm 21. I can kind of <laughs> do whatever I want to do. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I it's been a long time. I've, I'm, I've, I've got I, I I've often said I've got shoes as old as you, and I I, I probably do actually that's probably true, because uh, I keep yeah. I keep lots of stuff. Um, but, but I'll tell you what what caught my attention is is you said, and I quote I've done 148 cars in the past two years, and I've never touched an auction. And that's that's never. a that's that's a pretty strong numbers 148 cars. Uh, how, yeah. how, how are you going about that? Yeah, so I, I actually have a little different model. I know I'm in a flipping, like a car flipping chat. Um, I started off flipping and I probably did 30 or 40 cars, mostly Subarus, mostly Japanese stuff, so like Subarus, Nissans, um, Toyotas, things like that. And then after about 40 cars, I actually moved into brokering. So, but I do a little bit different style of brokering. Um, I met a lot of guys pretty young that like when I, I was pretty young and they own dealers around the area. Like I have a dealer in Vegas and one in Salt Lake. So I'll actually buy cars from private individuals mm-hmm. and I will consign them at dealers and then we'll split, you know, um, the, the margin on the car. So that's what I've been doing now. Um, and I've done, I think about 85 cars that way. And somewhere around 60, 65 cars just actually doing the traditional flipping style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let, me, let me ask you, um, I, I I call the, the podcast Flipping Genius, but it's kind of tongue. Yeah, no, it's a good name. It's a good name. I'm definitely not a genius. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty basic. So, so when you say brokering, can you explain a little bit more what you're talking about there? Yeah, so, well, yeah, okay. So brokering, um, the reason why I prefer brokering as to owning a dealer or um, flipping cars is because flipping cars takes a lot of time. And my main source of income isn't, it wasn't from flipping um, flipping vehicles. So brokering basically is when you buy something and then you, you sell it and you're just kind of like the middleman and you're like negotiating the deal. And so it normally you'll see like a car broker like famous people or rich people will reach out to a broker and they'll say, Hey, this is the car I want with the palette that, you know, like the colors right. um, and the trim. And then the broker will go find the car and they'll sell it to the individual. 
Well, I did it backwards because I got really good at finding cars um, that had high margin. And so I would buy the cars. And now instead of selling them myself, because that takes a lot of time, I'd rather just send them to a dealer um, and then have them uh, do all the, you know, do everything on the car, clean it, detail it, photos, sell it, um, even finance it. I have some dealers that finance these cars mm -hmm. um, in-house. And then I get paid on it without really doing much of any work. No, I still, I still flip cars. I still... I still am in that um, in that industry as well, just a lot less so because, um, like I said, the margins are pretty similar. And with brokering, um, just having those connections with dealers, it makes it super easy for um, for me to basically just do as many cars as I want. So um, the logistical side of it's probably the hardest thing with like shipping and. Um, I still fly anytime I'm buying a car over like 50,000, I'll still fly out and go see the car and make sure everything's good, get a PPI done and whatnot. Um, and then I'll just ship it to a dealer and the dealer will sell it. So that's my model. I think it's way, I think it's way easier um, than, than flipping. It's a lot less effort for sure, because you're just selling paper. Um, I'm just selling the car right to the, to the next guy. There's not a lot of licensing needed. Um, whereas with a dealer, obviously you need your dealer's license. You need the, uh, you need your bond, the insurance, like, um, and so that's the reason why I don't flip, uh, cars, super heavies, because I, I abide by all the local laws. Um, but I don't, I don't want to go into to owning a dealer because that would turn into a full-time job. Mm -hmm. So well, it sounds like a pretty full-time job that you got, you've got now. So you're not, you're not doing this full-time. No, I, I work. Um, so I actually work, work like five to 10 hours a week on it. So I'll just, I'll just, um, you know, um, like find different vehicles, um, I'll run my algorithms on these different apps and then I'll find vehicles. I'll make some calls. I'll negotiate the price. And then, like I said, if the vehicle, if I don't know anybody in the area that I trust to go like check it out, um, I'll actually fly out myself. And so that can turn into a little bit more work, but it's definitely, no, it's definitely not a full-time job. How, how, I, so you're talking about flying. How, how big of an area are you working in? Just the U S just all over the U S. Huh. That's, that's pretty fascinating. I mean, I, I, have you listened to the podcast before? Yeah, no. So I actually, I listened to it the first time yesterday, okay. um, but I listened to the, just the most recent one um, where you guys were talking about Carvana and then the other one with Holmes, I think was his name. And he was, and he was talking about kind of his model and um, it just, it seems like, like, I think, I think all flippers kind of like, they go by the same, they, they, we all kind of do the same thing. It's just, it's hard with like, just because there's so many scumbags in the industry where like it kind of puts a bad name on a lot of a lot of us were like for me like i've had bad deals where i've sold a car and things have gone wrong and i do everything in my power to make it right sure. but um just in the podcast what i noticed is like a, like everybody um i think everybody actually has like good intentions with the vehicles they're buying and so that's the reason why i've kind of found like it's cool to to check up every once in a while on the facebook group because there are actually guys that are making money out there doing it the honest way. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you look on like YouTube and if you look up car flipping, it's usually all negative or if you go on, you know, the internet and search it. So mm -hmm. that's, that's what I know about, about your, about flipping genius as a podcast and the Facebook group altogether. I've learned a lot in there, but it's mostly just like a positive thing where these guys are actually, you know, I feel like most of the people in there are honest and that's, it's kind of cool to see that because I, I always thought I was the only honest one in the industry that could sell cars and not, not lie and screw people over. But I guess that's not the case. No, I, I, I mean, frankly, I, I joke with my wife and, and say, honesty is my best technique because uh, people don't expect you to be honest. And I'm, I, now I, I saw in a very 
inexpensive vehicles. That's what I do. But what what price range are you usually working in? That's a good question. I'll go into I'll go into that a little deeper. So when I'm when I'm flipping vehicles, um, two so there, I have two kinds of cars that I flip myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll broker anything. I, I like I'll broker. Um, I just uh, last week I picked up a Ford Raptor. Um, I had an M4 that I just barely picked up. I got a Panamera GTS. So like a lot of those cars are fifty to eighty hundred thousand. And then um, when I when I actually flip cars, I try to stay under twelve thousand because when you go higher than that the margin just kind of dissipates slowly. So I think my strategy when I first started off was I would find cars um, three to six, 7,000. Um, because if you know, and I, and I would do cars where they needed one or two things, right? Just like most flipping things. Um, I, I would I would buy a lot of Subarus because I knew them really well. A lot of STIs, WRXs. I would buy a ton of Nissans. Um, anything with a 3.5 Nissan, they call it the VQ35s. Um, sec. I'm sure you're familiar. So that's that's like that's Nissan 3.5. Super familiar with that. I did a ton of those, and then the three to five thousand dollars, six thousand dollars price range. You can really make you know 40, 50 percent on your money, and they're pretty easy to flip. Somewhat reliable cars if you know what you're getting into. Um, that's kind of where I found my niche. And then the other part of it is I'll do supercars that I drive personally. So um, I'll buy really expensive supercars, and I'll just find them for like good deals because it has like this title history and. It's, it's usually just vehicles that are in bad situations where, like, I feel like the owners don't really know what to do with them, mm-hmm. um, where they're just like, yeah, this car's got an accident on the Carfax, and it was, and, and then nobody wants to touch it because of this accident. That's where I come in, and I'll buy the car. And then when I market the car, I can actually explain correctly what happened, um, you know, how, like, how it was repaired, explaining to the customer that it's fine now. Like, that, that kind of marketing is, like, things that people don't understand. So that's... When I hit high end markets like hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars, like supercars, um, or even or even like luxury cars, sometimes that's that's really what I press into really hard is just like the marketing of how you sell the car is going to determine what you make on it. But even even still, nobody's making one hundred fifty thousand dollars on a two hundred thousand dollar car. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But you can make fifteen hundred on a two thousand dollar car, right? Right. So that's the reason why when I flip cars, I usually stick to about that the below ten thousand dollar price range is going to be the golden area for margin um and it's honestly more comfortable to have um a cheaper car that you can't sell than having a really expensive car that you can't sell yeah right i think so um right so, so you're you're um so when, you, when you're when you're flipping cars you're talking about that's something you're doing locally um yeah so i'll well so i i still i still have about a 300 mile radius of where all shop cars mm-hmm. um because my the city i live in is pretty small Mm-hmm. Um, but I will go, I'll go down to Vegas. I'll go up to Salt Lake city. I even went to Reno for one. Mm-hmm. And, um, if it's a really good deal, I'll even touch like Barstow, Flagstaff, um, these, these areas that are, you know, four or five hours away from me, mm-hmm. because, um, like I said, at the end of the day, like a lot of these vehicles there, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you can make 40, 50, 60% on your money in, in a week or two. So going to those areas, picking up the cars is, is definitely worth it. But I sell most of my cars local here. Um, I sell them here, but most of the buyers come from Vegas. Mm-hmm. Now, now, you, you, uh, most of the buyers are coming from Vegas. Are they individuals or are there individuals? Almost always. Um, when I flip cars, I don't sell to dealers ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I only sell to private individuals, and they, I say, I say, sixty percent come from Vegas, ten percent are local, and the other thirty percent could be like Salt Lake City. Um, like up there in Provo, I had a guy come from Denver for this STI. So, but most of the buyers are for sure from from Vegas. 
And how how are you dealing with the because you don't have a dealer's license and you're, I I do have a dealer's license. Oh, you do. Um, okay. I do, but it's not a Utah. It's not a Utah dealer's license. It's a it's a it's. I have a Wyoming company, which I don't own. I'm the manager of it. And then underneath that, I have a Montana dealer license. So when I, when I, I don't floor vehicles, by the way, everything I do is in cash. So when I'm not financing the car, it doesn't have to be in Montana. I just have to do all the title work in Montana. So, and, and the reason why I do that is because when I buy cars that are um, like, and I'd say anything over 20,000, I don't want to pay sales tax on the vehicle. So I'd rather... I'd rather own a business that's actually functioning and that I can prove makes money and title the car under my dealer in Montana. That way I can avoid sales tax, right? Because tax avoidance is encouraged. Tax evasion is illegal. So I'm going to avoid taxes any way that I can. How long have you been doing this? Um, I started COVID timeframe. So early 2020, I'd say I was, I was about 17 um, when I first got into it. My first car, $1,200 Honda Prelude. Actually, I bought it for 700. I think I sold it for 2000, but it was not worth two thousand bucks. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's well. You've you've done a you've done a bang up job pretty quick. That's that's pretty interesting. Uh, how do yeah. how do you establish this network of of uh, of dealers that you're you're working with on on the uh, on the um, broker side? Yeah. So just here in town, um, it's kind of interesting if you look at like the demographics of St. George. It's a lot of older people. Um, St. George, Santa Clara, Hurricane, all like the re revolving cities. Um, it's a lot of older people, but there's also a lot of young money here. And so I would go, I went and met with the owners of the dealers here locally. I, I had done a couple cars at this time, maybe like five or six cars, and I made a couple thousand bucks. So I went to the dealers and I kind of, and I, I just got to know them. And the owner of the two biggest um, used car lots in town, when I say used car lots, these aren't like buy here, pay here lots. They're like actually pretty decent car lots. Mm -hmm. um i met with them i got to know them pretty well because i was mature from a young age so i could like hang out with them and then just by knowing them i would call them and i'd be like hey do you know somebody for this or you know somebody for this and i just started collecting all these contacts right um where like now i have a guy that i pay salary to that's a full-time mechanic um that works on all my cars basically he only works on my cars and then this other guy's cars and um, I have a guy that does all my logistical work, so all the car shipping, all my insurance, everything like that, um, which I'm actually here now opening my own shipping, my own logistical company that's going to be car hauling um, here in the next, like, four months, <laughs> right? I know all the dealers around here. I just got to know um, a couple of them from – I had this um, – I think it was actually – my first supercar I did was a Lamborghini Gallardo, and I, it had a hole in the block when I bought it. Um, and so I, I replaced the engine. I sent it up to consignment up at a dealer in, in Salt Lake City. And it was actually great. He made a lot of money. I made a lot of money. I, I kept that connection, super healthy relationship. And so now when I need stuff consigned, I'll send cars to him. Um, like I said, I got two here in town, but I have NDAs with them, so I can't say who they are. I got a big dealer in Vegas, and then I got one in Denver, but I, I hardly ever use that dealer. So, and, the, and that's kind of my, that's when I, when I say I broker cars, like, I just, I have a group chat with all these guys. They all know each other. They're all connected. And I just send them in there and I say, Hey, what do you guys, you know, these are the vehicles that I'm, I'm purchasing this week. Here's the price. Here's the um, percentage of profit that I'm going to be given to you guys who wants it. And then it's all, it's just the first one to respond basically. Cause they'll always take the cars. If you know, I mean, if you own a dealer, you know, consignment is basically free money. If, if the car's at the right price and if, if there's that margin there. So I still sell cars for under book value. Um, when I buy like, if I buy a car for 40 and it's worth 50, we'll sell it for 47 because I'd rather have it gone in a week or three days. Right. 
That's really interesting. I, I have to, I'll, I'll be straight. Mom always said, "Be honest that you don't you don't have to remember what you said." And uh, the fact is, you're 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 blowing me away. You're way over my head. I I, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm just straight up. Um, I, I don't I don't know about half the cars that you've talked about because uh, I I definitely focus on a different a different market. But that doesn't mean you know, we we're we're heard in, in 67 countries now. Um, got 144 episodes of Flipping Genius and over 100 videos a lot of it's me talking about what i do which is it's just i'm like a bottom feeder that's that's really what i do but i i'm excited about having somebody like you asher on in 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 the the, the uh, car flipping forum sharing what you you've shared with us today there's gonna be a lot of people who will be interested in hearing more from you so i love it if you'll continue to participate in the, in the forum and and of course share your ideas i i, I it's it's a great benefit very impressed with uh, with with how much smarter you are than me, and and have only been on the planet for a certain time. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do appreciate that though. Um, I'll be uh, I'll be a lot more active in the in the post here coming up because I, I might dive into this full time. Um, I'm probably going to be open up a buy here pay here dealer here, um, which is kind of interesting because I went and talked to all the local dealers and because I'm friends with a lot of the owners and I was I was asking them like what they make. And it's always the buy here, pay here lots. They make way more than than anybody else. It's it's always them. They just do. Yeah. The guys that finance in house. So I, I got a business model that's zero. It's literally zero percent cash up for. So all the money that you spend into inventory, you I have I have ways to get cars that I can pull back my initial investment with a down payment from a customer, and then all their payments that they make over the course of two years are it's literally all profit i mean besides paying like salesmen and overhead that kind of stuff but that's 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 kind of my next pursuit because um i'm kind of capped at brokering right now until i build more connections because all my deals are mostly word of mouth and like 20 percent of them are cars that i'll actually find and you know negotiate the price down so hey, you said you own a dealer yes i'm a i'm a licensed dealer in alabama nice and you do uh you do buy here pay here no, I do not. No, I, I, I do all cash deals. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I no, we did have back in like episode 115 or something like that. I, I had a, a, a couple, uh, a guy on who's a big buy here, pay here trainer. Uh, and he does a podcast himself, a, a daily podcast on the buy here, buy, pay here uh, industry. Um, I, I'm, I'm lost for a name right now. But uh, uh, that was, that was quite insightful. It's not, it's not anything I've ever pursued. I'm just, I'm just adamant against uh, debt, and I don't want to encourage other people to do it. But I know, I know it's a great business model, um, and I, 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 I just personally, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing doing the business, so I, I just don't do it. But um, yeah, yes, yeah, that's, that's yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely a lot more like time you got to put into it, and like repoing cars is pretty common. I, I know a guy in Vegas that does it, and he's like. He sells so many, I think he sells about six cars a week right now. And he does the model I'm talking about where he'll go pick up like 2012 to 2017 rebuild title, um, Korean cars for the most part, so like Hyundai and, and Kia. And he'll, and he'll buy them for like two, 3,000, use that as like the customers will pay the down payment. And then they'll pay him like 300 a month for, for two years. And it's like, that's literally all cash. And he'll repo 30% of the cars he sells. So he'll just resell them. It's pretty crazy. Uh -huh. It's 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 definitely a market that it's going to work. It, it absolutely works. 
Um, and and I mean, Abby, I might be stupid for allowing my personal beliefs to get in the way, but uh, but heck, I'm not I'm not 20. I'm I'm 62, so I can do what I want, and that's not what I want to do right now. But that's that's exciting. And that, again, as you build that, love to hear more about it. Uh, and, and absolutely, that that's that's pretty exciting. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time. I, I don't want to hold you up. Um, I'm, I'm gonna. I have all the time in the world, man. Anything, anything else you want to know, or you think would be good to put on the the podcast? I'm more than happy to answer any questions. Mm-hmm. What, 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 when you when you're doing a flip, uh, are you doing any of the the work as far as uh, as cleanup and things like that, or do you have somebody that does all that for you now? Yeah, I used to. Um, back in the day, um, I think probably before I made. Before, I think before like 30 or 40 cars, I would actually, um, I would actually do everything myself. So there was multiple times when I had to pull engines, um, do like timing, um, timing belts. I would do, I do pretty big jobs like clutches and that kind of stuff. And all the, all the detailing I do myself. I actually enjoy it funny enough. I I actually really enjoy like detailing and like cleaning stuff up. Um, I would do all that myself. Now I really only do like the detailing. I have, I have a guy that, um, I basically pay him salary because I have so much stuff over there, but, and he does all my, all my, um, anything mechanical. So like I got a Porsche, uh, Panamera 4E hybrid right now that I bought it with a bad transmission. So he's, he's, uh, he's doing all that work. So yeah, all I, I do is, is basically the marketing and, um, the actual pictures. Now I, I only do like right now, I do like four or five cars a month right now, just in actual flipping, but it's the brokering side of it where all broker cars that have like bad transmissions too. Like that's not a flip thing. That's more of a, brokering thing where that car has to go to a dealer because a dealer can sell it for five or ten percent higher than a private individual can so sure. that's it just makes sense that way so if you if you find a, a vehicle in north carolina uh are you are you trying to sell it in that region or are you bring it all the way back home no. no the markets are very different the market that you guys have in the south is very different from the east coast market that's very different from the the west coast market or central u.s midwest market um, they're all very, very different. I, I know of a guy that will buy Tesla because you can buy Teslas on the West Coast for 20% under what they're selling for in the Midwest. He literally will buy like four Teslas a week and ship them to the Midwest and sell them. And he's rolling 15, 20% profit margin at a dealer. He's the owner of the dealer in the Midwest. Huh. Right. So no, the markets are very different. Um, the market that I know the market very well out here. But if I'm sure that if I jumped into um, the market that you guys have in Alabama or like Florida or somewhere down there south or even on the East Coast, I'd probably get slaughtered for a couple months um, just trying to learn the ins and outs. I know buyers on the East Coast are very different than the buyers over here on the West Coast, at least in the in the in the portfolio of cars that I'm doing. It's not from my knowledge and the people that I've talked to. It's not super similar whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Well, I just I know you, you said you're, you're finding cars all across the country. So I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if you find a car, you know, 2000 miles away from you, do you ship it back to you or do you find, do you have, you find Absolutely. Oh, you do. You, you, uh, yeah, hundred percent. Okay. And then, and then you sell it to your, so you're selling, you're buying all over and you're selling to the dealers that you have relationship with locally. No, I don't sell to the dealers. Um, I, I, I give the cars to the dealers and then they, and then I can sign it through the dealer and then they'll sell it to an individual. Okay, I'm sorry for so. Being, well, yeah, you you mentioned that before. Okay, yeah, yeah. It sounds it sounds it sounds honestly a lot more complicated than it is. Um, I just send out a couple texts and I'm like, like for example, on Friday I bought this M4 is like a 2018 um, M4. I bought it in like it's it's a it's a town 
north of Denver. It's called, I can't remember, I think it's Fort Collins. It's by Fort Collins up there north of Denver. And so I bought that car. It's on a truck here um, to down to, it's going down to Vegas because M4s, they sell really, they, for some reason, they just sell really good in Vegas and California. So that car will go to Vegas and that car, will, that's, that's like a two-week turnaround. It doesn't need anything. Um, I have like 23% margin estimated in that car. So I'll ship it right to the dealer and I pay, I pay the guy who I bought it from. I get the title. I give everything to the dealer and then they sell the car. And usually we work out like an 80, 20 split on the profit. So like on that car, if we make, we'll probably make seven to 9,000 on that car, I'll split it. They'll keep, you know, 1200, 1500. I'll keep the other like six, 6,000. And a lot of these guys like it because actually this, this first dealer that I was working with in, in Vegas when I got in touch with them, the reason why they wanted to work with me so bad and the reason why they were okay not taking a lot of money um, when it comes to like their their margin on the sale was because they actually wanted to tap into the the higher end market. Um, not not for any reason like when it comes to um, when it comes to like how much money they're making, they're making a good amount of money. It was more because the the owner's goal was to sell the dealership. And so he wanted it to be more like ritzy kind of. And so I started, I sent him, um, I've sent him quite a bit of stuff, a lot of Mustangs, um, a lot of that, a lot of like higher end newer cars. Um, I thought I sent him a Shelby too. And so when I work with a dealer like that, they will take that car all day long and they don't care if they make 200 bucks on it. They, you know, they, they're, they're desperate for these cars, especially in COVID times. I'm sure you remember, which I don't even believe the chip shortage was a real thing. People call me crazy for that, but I believe that it was all just like literally a sham. Um, saying the dealers couldn't find cars. I think that was just them doing that to hype the market and, and push it up. Because I I don't know one dealer, and I know a lot of dealers, I don't know one dealer that had an issue finding cars. Not one. The reason why people were saying they had an issue finding cars was because the cars they were finding were overpriced. What the dealers didn't realize is they the cars went up, the, the price that they were paying for cars went up 20%, but the price they were selling cars that also went up 20%. And so while they were all bitching about being able to find cars, I was sending them vehicles that had strong margin and then they were taking those deals. So that's when I grew a really strong relationship with a lot of dealers because of that, um, because I could give them higher margin cars when they were all confused about like the market. Mm -hmm. um, it, I, it never, it never phased me. I don't know one dealer that actually had an issue getting cars, especially diesel trucks. I heard a lot about diesel trucks. I think that whole thing was, maybe it was different in Alabama, but here in Utah, um, there was no issues getting cars here. Hmm. I saw a lot of empty lots here. Uh, so that, that's insane. I, I wish that I would have seen the opportunity there because uh -huh. I would have been shipping cars over by the nine, by the freaking nine car, 18 wheelers, like all day long. Wow. Um, seriously, I'm, I'm being dead serious. I, I business never slowed down over here when it came to cars. I know dealers in town that said they didn't have any inventory. They're running out of inventory, but I would go to their lot and they had 12 brand new diesel trucks there just ready to sell. Yeah, they definitely, definitely had shortages here. Uh, what about what about uh, capital? Where where where's the capital come to buy all this stuff? Good question. Um, so I when I first started, I had worked at I worked at a grocer, um, just a store here in town. Um, I was making like fifteen an hour, and I saved up for about a year and a half. So I had like I think I had eight to fifteen thousand somewhere in there. I don't remember the exact number, but I had about ten thousand bucks. And after, and like I said, my first car didn't cost anything. It was a Honda Prelude. It was 600 bucks. And I remember taking the first 600 out of my account. And I was like, man, I really hope I don't lose this money. Um, but I went and bought the car with my buddy. Um, I drove like 45 minutes north to buy it because it was up in the small, small town. I bought the car, took it back down here. It took, um, I think I, I took five or 10 days to 
to fix it. I posted it for sale three or four days later, it sold, I made a thousand bucks. And then I was like, okay, like, let's try this again. My second car was a BMW Z4. I bought that for 2,300. Um, it was a manual, had a hundred thousand miles on it, convertible, super solid deal. I sold it for six. Um, I didn't do anything to it really at all. I think I, I think I paid to have the paint corrected on it because the paint was a little oxidized. And, um, and then after that, I just did like eight Subarus in a row that needed um, clutches, mass airflow, and like literally super small stuff. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but like on on Subaru WRXs, if if it's got a, they don't they don't do like the code the codes they come up for an engine light and Subarus on WRXs, they're not clusters like it is on a BMW or Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And so if it has an O2 code, um, if they continue driving with an O2 code on, it will throw an EVAP code, and then it will throw four other codes that can all be solved with a, a downstream of two cents or the bottom one. And so I, I think I found three or four cars that had that literally that issue. And that's, you know, that's three, four grand a car. So at that point, I think after I'd been in it for three, four months, I had already had 30, 30 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just ramped up from there. I know I live on nothing. I, I don't spend anything. I just, I, I, I own a couple properties, but I just bought this one. Um, and I don't pay rent. I live on like, 600 a month and so i mean car brokering i'm doing like 15 20 cars a month still right now Mm -hmm. and so i don't like i don't have any expenses my capital has all been saved up i have multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of cars in my driveway and i don't i don't pay for them because when i buy them um i got this mclaren out here i actually have another one up in salt lake and i have 30 percent margin in a two hundred thousand dollar car well that's what most people make in a year you know, and so when you do that multiple times over, you're not super worried about um, capital's never been an issue is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, except except there have been there have been one or two scenarios when I need to make a call and get some money. Um, but both times when that has happened, I ended up not doing the deal because I'm, I'm scared to use other people's money. I'm scared to use debt. I don't I carry zero debt. I don't have a credit. I, I don't use a credit card. I don't mm-hmm. I don't have a car loan. I'm. I'm a Dave Ramsey guy. I don't believe in debt. So, <laughs> all right. I, I love. I, I was just at yeah. Dave Ramsey's place about a month ago in uh, outside Nashville. It's oh yeah, pretty fascinating. What a what a great what a great great story is. I think that's part of why I don't want to do the buy here pay here thing because I don't want to I don't want to encourage anybody else to get into that mess. But uh, what a what a fantastic story. Yeah. that is. Have you ever talked to Dave? That's a good point. I haven't really thought about that, but that's a really good point. I'll have to, I'll just take that one up with Dave. Yeah. Have, have you ever talked to him? The Dave Ramsey? I haven't. I wanted, I, I, I wanted to go and fly out and meet him. Um, I'm sure I could if I, if I like, if I called. I, I know a guy that I know a guy that lives over there that, um, that says that he knows somebody that works with him, like his like his like right hand man, basically they're friends or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure I could go meet him. But I would love to to sit down and actually like run through that with them. I don't think he would believe me though, is the thing. Like, even though, even though I can show him everything, I don't, I just don't, I don't know. Dave Ramsey, I feel like, I feel like he'd be a skeptic if I kind of, if I talk to him about, about what I've been doing. He might be, but I, I, I would, I would love to have him talk to you. I'd like to listen to that conversation, frankly. Uh, I, I don't, I, I know he is, he's got an amazing facility in, in, uh, south of Nashville. I heard, I, I heard. I think he employs about 1,100 people now, and it's it, it awesome. blew my my wife and I stopped there, and it just blew us away at how welcoming they were to visitors, and just telling that the Dave Ramsey story, which he has helped so many people, 
around around the world, uh, in, including my wife and I. And, and I'm I'm proud of you that they, that you're already on board at, at age 20, Asher. That's pretty exciting. Um, you, you're gonna. I did. I, I do want to say something though, because I I don't know how many people listen to the podcast, but I I have nothing. I have nothing against that. I'm not against that whatsoever. Like from I know Dave Ramsey talks about like a biblical standpoint. Yeah. Um, that's not my stance on that at all. I just prefer not to. Sure. And and like if I if I told Dave that he'd be like, yeah, no, that's cool. Like that's like that's awesome. That's fine too. I just I it's it's more comfortable. It's a better way for me to run business. I'm I've never been worried about capital, so there's no point in me using debt to grow a business that I could grow in cash and have zero risk. Right. Oh. So that's that's my stance on it. I have friends that do the same thing I do, and they run their business in a ton of debt. And it works out for some. It doesn't work out for others. I would just rather take a safe route. That I find that those are the usually the guys that I wind up buying their cars, because uh, <laughs> it's a, it, when yeah. You, oh, yeah. Yeah. When you're when you're not using your own money, it's pretty easy to get in trouble. Uh, so, yeah, you're you're definitely doing it the right way. Um, hey, I'm I'm gonna let you go. I, I I know I got a warning on my on my on my uh, screen saying I'm running out of time and I'm I'm cheap, so I don't I just use the free Zoom. <laughs> so we hope we're, we're gonna it, it, well I'll have you on, on an upcoming episode and uh, I'll look forward to seeing you share more on on the the car flipping forum and and uh, reach out to me anytime if I can help you in any way. Um, I'll, I'll try. I don't I don't know. I, I think you're already smarter than me. So uh, <laughs> no. I don't think so. I think maybe smarter, yes. Wise, no. I, I still make bad decisions here and there, too. So, uh, well, that's um, Hey, dude, I really appreciate you having me on. If you, if you need anything, too, reach out to me. If you need any, if you need somebody for this or that, I probably know somebody. So, Fantastic, man. Thanks a lot. And uh, I'll, I'll be in touch. Thanks, brother. Take care. Well, that was cool, wasn't it? I, I want to thank our guest, Asher Crosby, for sharing his time with us on Flipping Genius this week. You really raised a lot of questions, I would imagine, that I don't even have the answer to. And I believe that there was probably some questions I forgot to ask or I didn't know to ask. So please go to the Car Flipping Forum and reach out to Asher. He is a member and you can say, hey, Asher, what about this? What about that? And I would love to hear more, more answers myself. I apologize that I didn't think of everything I could have, but I tried to, 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 to uh, spend our time together wisely and hopefully open some new ideas. I love the ideas uh, about uh, consignment, uh, brokering, as Asher mentioned, some really innovative ideas and obviously some, some wise business ideas from a very young, young man. Uh, the the uh, buy here, pay here concepts that he mentioned Love to hear more about that, and I think it, it could be a better opportunity for us to hear about it through the forum than even on uh, on the podcast. Uh, and if if uh, we think of enough good stuff, maybe we'll have Asher back on for another session. And uh, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Flipping Genius. I, I appreciate you, and I, I invite you to come to the website, become a Flipping Team member a flipping partner or a flipping champion, I invite you to subscribe so you can see bonus material. Um, and please subscribe to the, the, uh, the Flipping Genius YouTube channel. Share us with your friends. Tell everybody you know, hey, that's how we grow this thing. Let's work together. Let's make some money. Let's all become flipping geniuses. Hey, guys, when you go to www.flippinggenius.com, 
F-L-I-P-P-I-N-G-E-N-I-U-S.com. This is the first thing you're going to see is an opportunity to learn more about Flip and Genius and an opportunity to partner with us, either as a team member, a partner, or a champion. Check it out. Our goal is to help you make more money. This is one of the ways we do it. I hope to hear from you soon.